It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in the show do not necessarily reflect those of Shway Media or any subsidiaries. The program may contain strong language not suitable for young audiences. Series discussions will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show! I'm Matt. I'm Luna, and um, it has been 16 years yet again. But we are welcome to Doctor Views. We are finally back. Um, Yay! This is like actually our second time trying to record this episode. um, I have some very good stuff from the season rundown that I will probably never see. That will probably never see the light of day. Yeah, we'll just save it for the next episode. but anyway, uh, all you really need to know is that Id Invaded is pretty much the show of the season. Uh, also, Smile Down the Runway. A lot of shows are, some shows are pretty but boring. Some shows are boring but pretty. Yeah, pretty much. But also, Id Invaded, Id Invaded, Id Invaded. Um, but we're here to talk about um, a really underrated show from like 2009, I think. I don't even remember. Roughly. I... Actually, I think that's when the game came out. I think the show came out a little bit afterward. But anyway, the point is, and um, this is a part of the uh, key visual novel series written by uh, Mr. June Maeda, who is famous for other series you may or may not have heard of, such as Air, Clanad, Canon, Charlotte, etc., ANN gives this a vintage of twenty of October twenty twelve. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, this is the Little Busters. Uh, Yay! Which is actually like one of my favorite shows, and it is so underrated. Like no one talks about this show, and I don't understand why, because it is so and so good. I hadn't seen it. I'd heard of it, but hadn't seen it until you suggested we do it. Like for freaking ever ago. <laughs> now, and Matt then loves once it. I started watching it, I just was completely hooked, and I love it, and I want to protect all of them, and it is sweet and wholesome, and what the fuck. Um. Okay. So yeah, this is this is based on a visual novel that I have actually played. Um. And it's it's slightly different from the show. It's slightly different. Um, there are a bunch of like other like add-ons and stuff that honestly don't really matter. Um, really, the 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 main difference is the ending, which we will get to. Um, but anyway, so yeah, this was a 2012 anime. Um, there are two seasons plus a couple of OVAs, but we're not going to talk about the OVAs. Um, cause those are m- mostly just like side stories or like other routes in the game. So it's not really that important. What is important I... are the, the, the two main shows, which is Little Busters and then the second season, Little Busters Refrain. And the, yeah, like I said, this was by JC Staff, uh, way back in 2012. Uh, it was licensed and dubbed by Sentai Filmworks, directed by Chris Ayers, the dub anyway. Um, features uh, Shannon Emmerich as the main character, Riki Nawe. Let's see, uh, Gregors as Masato, 
Um, Blake Shepard is as Ko- Kyosuke. Uh, Brittany Karbowski is Reen. Um, Tiffany Grant as Kudvafter, and a bunch of your favorite favorite actors. Anyway, and Margaret McDonald is as Saigusa. And uh, uh, oh no, I just totally blanked on her name. Crap. I have the cast list open in front of me. Her who? sister. Futaki. Who voices her? Kanata Futaki. Who voices her? Genevieve Simmons. Thank you. I was like, it's, 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 the, the, it's one of the Simmons sisters and I couldn't remember which one it was. Okay. I'm sure you've deeply offended them. I've met them too. I was like, damn it. I've met her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's going to kill me. Okay, anyway. So yeah, the show is about a, a kid named Riki Nawe, um, who is like very like frail and suffers from narcolepsy, um, which is actually a real, like pretty serious condition. Um, and there are a whole lot of things that cause it. Some, you know, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Um, but essentially in his case, it's mainly stemmed from a childhood trauma, um, back from when he lost his parents at a really young age. Um, and he was kind of like lost at that point until he comes across, um, a group of friends, uh, meaning Kyosuke, Masato, and Kendo, and they form... And Reen. And Reen, who is a Kyosuke's young, younger sister. And they form the Little Busters, and they decided that they're going to, like, you know, fight crime and help the neighborhood by doing a bunch of kid stuff. But really? Like, attacking a wasp really nest. really, they're just going to play baseball. Like, like, attacking a wasp nest and all of them getting stung, or rescuing cats, or, in this case, play baseball. Um, but it wasn't just about baseball. In fact, it wasn't about baseball at all. Um, so the first season opens, um, with a lot of just kind of like lighthearted kind of antics. So if, if you want to take us through that, Matt. The first season opens with, uh, uh, two of them having some kind of conflict in a cl- in the classroom. I think it was, must have been Kengo and Masato having some kind See, of Yeah, because they always have to fight. And they said, and they have a, came up with a great way to fight without like anyone getting hurt or it being unfair. The class throws a bunch of crap at them yeah. and whatever, like and whatever thing they happen to grab, that's what they is have to use. Be yeah. Their weapon. It could be an eraser. It could be a stapler. It could be a shoe. It could be a paperclip. And so, and that's what they use in the fight. And that's the only thing they can use. But like, but like Kengo usually ends up getting something actually useful. And then Masato, like a broom. Yeah. And then Masato ends up getting something that's completely not useful. Like a nail clipper. Or, um, doesn't he get, like, a piece of sushi at one point? I, oh, yeah, he got, like, an, an Inari sushi roll or something. Yeah, like, so, something, like, some piece of food, I can't remember. And then at one point he gets, like, one of, one of like, Reen's, Reen's cats. Yeah, like, that was in the first ep- that was in the first episode. You see someone throw, you see, like, this whole... Like bunch of like random objects just flying through the air, and in that group of random objects is a fucking cat. Who throws a cat? 
Who, one who has a cat in school, two who fucking throws well, it. Reen, Reen's the one with all the cats, and she names them after, like, random, like, authors and stuff. It's just, it's really funny. Um, it just felt bad for the cat. <laughs> they can take care of themselves. Still, they don't deserve to be thrown. Would you throw me a cat if I needed a weapon? No. Or would you feel sorry? And who would you feel sorry for more? Me for needing a weapon or the cat for, be, or for it being thrown? The cat. I thought so. Anyway, so yeah. Um, so Riki um, receives basically a lot of various tasks from their group leader, Kyosuke Natsume, because he wants to form a baseball team called the Little Busters. And so he tasks Riki with recruiting all of the members so they can actually have enough people in their club to form an actual team. Um, but he, it's how, how he receives them is interesting because he receives them as like cryptic texts. Like, yeah. But there are a bunch of tasks first, like clean up the garden or help this help out this club or or make or help these two make up. And um, it's like, and so this is I'm bored. Sure. This is well. The thing is, this is. This is straight out of the visual novel because like in visual novels, you come across like, cause like in games, you know, you come across like these little like side quests. This is basically like your side quests. So this stuff is like straight out of, out of, out of the game. So like each, each level, so to sp- I don't really, they're not really levels, but cause it's like a visual novel, but so to speak. So each, each task that you have to complete comes in the form of like a text message and it's from, and it's basically, it's from Kiyosuke. Um, and it, who's using an alternate number so you don't know it's him. Yeah. And so he basically says, you know, you have to talk to this person or you have to help. And so at one point they have Reen doesn't have like any friends that are like girls and she's like afraid to talk to them. So basically they try to get Reen to recruit a bunch of girls and they try to do this with like a two way, you know, she has like an earpiece in her ear where they're like trying to like feed her information and she keeps like saying the wrong thing. Um, it was and then largely, they end up like getting in a fight and it's really bad. But anyway, I noticed like with Reen largely, a lot of the stuff um, was to one make her included, but also just to sort of help her overcome some of her social anxieties yeah. like giving her that kind of motivation it's like see you can talk to to people and it's not so bad yes sometimes it is but more than many yeah. more often than not it's gonna be okay it, it, we'll we'll circle back to a lot of this later when we talk about re- refrain because that's where the show really gets like crazy yeah. <laughs> that, that's where shit starts 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 going down but the first couple seasons and not that shit doesn't happen in the first season there's actually like some really wholesome stuff so i guess we'll just start with like the first person he has to help which i think is tia ballard's character komari yeah yes. komari-san um if, if you want to take us through her backstory uh well she basically it was I'm help me out with her backstory because I just completely forgot. Oh, God damn it! Um, uh, she had a little brother. Um, yes, she had a little brother who died suddenly, and that was extremely traumatic. So traumatic. So to cope with that, she was trying to be like she always tries to be happy and like basically avoid 
like avoids like having to deal with things and as a result like if anything related to death crosses her path like she Mm -hmm. will like lapse almost into a almost into like a coma but it'll be so traumatic that she will Pass out and pa- did she lose her memories or is that someone else? Oh fuck, I don't remember. So many people in this show, have, like like so many characters, end up with amnesia that it's it, they kind of all like blur together. Um, I'll have to look it up. Oh, for fuck's sake, uh, Komari Kamikita, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We are so fucking prepared I for this. I know, even though I literally just spent the past four days like rewatching the show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She has um she has a she has a her she lost her brother when she was young. And so um she has like this she has a book, I think that she wants like Riki to like read to her or something. She basically, she sees a dead cat. I yeah. get uh, out of random at random at school. And basically she, she blocked gets, out the, she gets like hella triggered whenever she sees like death or blood or something. Yeah. She, she, she was traumatized by the death of her brother, but had some, but had since blocked it out. And which is, and she's always trying to like be happy and up, beat and positive as sort of a coping mechanism so she doesn't have to think about it uh, and but then like once death rears its ugly head some somewhere in this case like i said a, a dead cat she sort of like regresses in a way and then um starts thinking that riki is her brother and he has to help her out of that like he like partially by playing by like playing the role of her brother to to like soothe her initially, but then at the same time saying, "I what you see in me is not real. Yeah, it is. It is like something you have made up. I am not your brother. He is gone. You have to accept that. Yeah, in a more friendly, slightly more roundabout way. Um. So basically, like Riki. Um, ends up drawing like a picture book for Kamari and that basically helps her kind of like move on Um, and she can like openly accept the fact that her brother is dead and that she can like kind of like move on but every time she wants to think about him she can open up the picture book and be happy she goes back to being like the herself that she yeah like presented before like the hearty upbeat happy strong yeah. before but at this time but now just moving past the the reason why she was that in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Um. So moving on to oh crap, is Nishizono the next one, or is it the Saigusa sisters? Pretty sure it's the Saigusas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Everything Saigusas. blurs together and I can't fucking remember. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about Nishizano in a minute. But um so yeah, the Saigusa sisters. 
in this case, uh, the main one we're looking at is Haruka, the the actual member of the Little Busters. Yeah, so um, she shows so, up in episode three called I Like Cute Things. Um, and yeah, so she she is a classmate of Rikinawe, um, but uh, she, well, okay, actually she, she's actually in a different class, but she always hangs out in his class. Um, and she kind of likes to cause trouble for her own enjoyment, which pisses off her older sister, uh, Kanata Futaki, um, and who is, I think like one of the class presidents, the head of the public morals. That's committee. right. And, um, and her They're not allowed to have any fun committee and her weapon of choice is a bag of marbles. Um, but yeah, so effective weapon, like. Yeah, actually. Offensive and defensive capabilities. So she like in the Japanese, she likes to call herself Haruchin. I can't remember if that crosses over into the dub or not. Anyway, uh, I think it does for uh, does a couple times, but not consistently. Okay, so the big re- reveal is that, um, basically that Kanata is actually her older sister, and um, they're. Twins. Yeah, they're like, well, they're twins like. Twins by. Twins. Twins by different fathers. Yeah. It's actually. It's, it's weird. I forget, what the te- I forget what the actual term is, but it's actually a thing. I remember there was a story about it. I remember I saw a story about it IRL a couple a couple years back. It's, it is a thing. Okay, so essentially, um, so. Haruka's father, I think, was actually like a yakuza or something. He was like a gangster, or something. But like, and and because of that, like the rest of the family treated her like shit. Um, and like Kanata, Kanata was seen as seen by her as like the fate as the favorite yeah. of the two twins, Even since her dad was actually like, a decent person. Yeah. Even though, like, they were actually kind of both treated like shit. Yeah, it just didn't seem that way. Just seemed like Kanata was treated better by Haruka because the parents were the parents were not trying did not try to be subtle with her treatment, but were a little more subtle with Kanata's. Yeah, it's it's really strange. Um, so yeah, so eventually, like, um, eventually, um. They, they kind of, like, make up, like, you know, through Riki's, like, um, you know, intervention. Power of mediation. Yeah, like, through the power of friendship, uh, they realize that they are sisters and they love each other and everyone's happy. <laughs> sort of. More or less. More, more or less. It's basically them coming to realize our parents were shitty to both of us. Screw them. Uh, let's be nice to each other. Yeah. Um, also in this episode, we meet Yukio, y- Yuiko Kudogaya, uh, who is voiced My by Carly. My favorite character. Yeah, this is, this is Matt's waifu. <laughs> She's voiced by Carly Mosier. Um, uh. She's kind of like, kind of like the mom of the group. I wouldn't say mom so much as like big sister figure. Well, same fucking thing, honestly. Okay. 
She she's like kind of like a mama bear slash big sister to everybody. Um, even though she's like the same age, but whatever. She dotes on them like she dotes yeah. on them like a mom and sister. Yeah. Um she is especially fond of Reen and Kamari. Um and sometimes this gets a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> Cause she like thinks Reen is like really, really, really cute. <laughs> Um, very little, like, phases her, I think. Basically, just don't screw with her, like, you don't screw with her friends and you will live. Yeah. Because there's a part where there's, basically, these, these haters who were mad at her for getting good grades and not, but not, like... Doesn't she carry, like, a, really... like, a katana? Yeah. She packs, she packs some serious heat. Not, well, not, yeah. For a Japanese school, yeah, she packs some heat. Um, and she's, like, um, one of the few people who can actually beat the crap out of Masato, besides Kango, and it's actually really funny. And not not just beat the crap out of him, make it look easy, and do it with a smile on her face. Yeah, I, like, may or may not low-key shit those two. <laughs> I, I, I just low-key love Kuragaya. Yeah, she's, she's because... really cool. She's not my favorite character, yeah. but... She's also, like, the least developed of the group like you know you never like you learn everyone's backstory but you don't learn hers you learn that she was like she, she wasn't born she was born outside of japan and speaks several languages and is good at school and sports but that's about it and then people are mad at her for like being this sort of bad girl who gets good grades yeah but that's you don't learn anything more about like her life or how like she like what happened to her to, for her to become that way um and you do in the game but not so much in the oh. show. What do we learn in the game? Um, well, like, th- there's, like, a route that you can take. Okay, essentially, um, she, uh, um, her birth name is actually Elizabeth. Um, mm-hmm. And she was originally classmates with Kango. And, like, later in, this is in the visual novel, but, like, she hosts a radio show and she she's like the only character whose true ending in the visual novel is only available after you complete the refrain. Right. She plays piano too. Yeah. I know that much from the show. Um, and she's also Cause... the only other character in the novel um, whose POV any choices can be made. Aside hmm. from a Riki. Huh. I know she was in, like, the broadcasting club or something yeah. at first. Honestly, like, the way she disappears is just, like, the weirdest fucking thing. Like, honestly, I it's some tears in the rain bullshit. She just <laughs> fades out into out of, out of existence. And all Kengo and Masato can say is, oops, that wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, it, she's freaking fading out of existence. This isn't like a like a ride malfunctioning at Disneyland. She no longer exists in this world. Well, what the fuck? We'll get to that. That's in refrain. Yes, I'm getting ahead of myself, yeah. but she was the biggest WTF of in the series. Yeah, we'll for get me to when that. that we'll because uh, now we're gonna talk about Kudvafter, aka Naomi Kudryavka, aka Kudster. A.K.A. girl with the longest fucking name in the world. 
Um, AKA Kuchan, AKA Kudster. AKA Kudvafter, which is actually the same name as her, um, as her side story in the visual novel. Anywho. Um, so she, AKA the smiling Tebowin. So yeah, she is voiced by Tiffany Grant. Um, she is like half Japanese, half German, or no, excuse me, half, excuse me. She's a quarter Japanese and three quarters Russian. Um, Mm -hmm. her grandfather was crazy about Japanese culture per his influence on her. Um, she came to know much about Japanese culture too, uh, despite having a poor handle on the English language. Um, and she's in Riki's class, um, and is in the newly formed home economics club. Um, Kud and the dormitory head of the only two members Blah blah blah. Oh, she has. She apparently has two dogs named Strelka and Belka. Um, which were the named at which were named after two of the first cos uh, dogs used in the Russian cosmonaut program. Yeah. So fun fun fact. Um, Kud's name is Russian, but her hometown is actually in the former Soviet Republic of Tebva. Um. This little tiny ass island. Kud's mother is a key figure in the space program and is also, again, why she named her dog Stralka and Belka. Um, anyway, uh, she tends to say like random, like Russian phrases. Um, and speaks the most adorable broken English. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. And really only Tiffany Grant can like pull this off. Yeah, because actually Tiffany Grant can speak fluent fluent German. Um, she's just oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why she voices Oscar in Evangelion in the first dub. Makes sense in the first dub that nobody will ever hear again. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to hate on the on the on, on the new one. I I actually haven't heard the new one, even though it's like on Netflix. But anyway, she had a. She had a weird story because she gets like she goes back to her country because her mom almost died from a rocket explosion, mm-hmm. gets captured by like rebel guerrillas, and then decides like you know what screw it I'm just gonna break out I have no all like with like nothing but like the clothes on my back and and like the devil's like the angel's luck I'm gonna get out of here. Somehow fly back to Japan with no money, and yeah, just hang out with my friends again. I yeah, mean, I'm, I admire the like the guts and the tenacity um, to do that, but there there's just some logistical like issues there that get skipped. And if you choose her in the game, um, and her true ending is you will have a daughter named Kaya. Wow. Yeah. But that's if you like. Cool. That's if you like choose her route in the game. Um, choose, choose Kud, make a baby. Yeah, basically. Well, he makes several babies with. It's it's weird. Yeah. Th- I didn't realize he. I didn't realize babies were an option in this it's game. It's a visual. Like, where's, it's a, it's where, a visual romance novel. I think. Fair enough. Where's season three where all of this happens? It's in the games. You have to look at Little Buster's EX. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, um, I'm going to talk about... The Buster's EX is the name of the OVAs. Yeah. 
It stands for extra, but obviously. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters and may or may not be Hasbondo, but also... <laughs> Uh, Kengo, Mi- Kengo or Masato? Kengo Miyazawa. <laughs> I, I love him. I don't know why I love him, but I do. I always end up liking the, like, stoic guys that, you know, are, like, very zen. He reminds me of Saito from, uh, Hakuogi. Funnily enough, they're voiced by the same guy. Um, huh. Leraldo Le- Le- Anzaldua. Um, so yeah, so Kengo is, like, very, like, stoic and just one thing about kengo first like whenever i heard his full name in the show i all i couldn't not help thinking of the author kenji miyazawa just because their names are so similar <laughs> like they have nothing at all to do with each other in any way but yeah. all i could think of was was like night on the galactic railroad whenever i heard his full name um so yeah basically um He's very okay. So his his backstory is that he was like undefeated in a hundred matches of Kendall, and his father was like a Kendall master, um, and he's very like you know like calm and stoic, and basically just kind of puts up with all of Masato's shit, um, and very much like gets like the drop on him, like all the time, and um, I I just I just love him. He's just like he's so stoic and he's so hot and I love him. And he means well. And it's just just he I must he, he I, I must protect him. He doesn't need protecting though. Well, in refrain, kind of, but also not. Little bit. Anyway, um we'll get to refrain in a second, I promise. Um We we must refrain from talking refrain. about refrain too early. Um, do you want to talk about the next character? Which one's that? Mio. Mio. Sh- sure. Should I talk about her? She's the one with the shadow. Oh yeah, that was a weird. She one. has probably um, like the saddest arc. Yeah, in I, my opinion. Oh right, right, right. The bookworm. I cannot keep my characters straight. Yeah, they all. Ca- She's the one that like carries the parasol. Yes, she's honestly, I did not. They it was dramatic and the performance was good, but I just did not like relate because it was an imaginary friend. I didn't have imaginary friends as a kid. I was just like, I I picked up object permanence fairly early, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> okay, well, I guess I feel like you'll you'll give more meaning to this okay. if you if you talk so about this it. This is like probably the saddest fucking story in the entire show. So yeah, Mio is this is this girl who only Riki can seemingly see at 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 times, but she carries a parasol. She has a bunch of like old books, um, and she has an imaginary friend, Meet 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 Meetery who comes to life in the artificial world. Um, and she uses, and so Meadery uses the parasol because they're trying to hide the fact that they don't have a shadow. I did not get the shadow part. Like, is that, did, did she visit Thriller Bark and Gecko Moria took it or something? Yes. <laughs> I thought so. One P, One Piece X uh, Little Busters crossover confirmed. 
Um, but yeah, so like, it's, I don't know, it's so sad. Like, basically, like, Ricky kind of like helps her um, realize that, you know, she doesn't need an imaginary friend because she has, because the little busters are, are her friends. Um, and she can kind of like let, let go of that imaginary friend. But it was just such a sweet arc, and it made me cry a lot. Yeah, I I mean, I got it. It was sweet. Like, she thought that no one liked her and sort of, like, fell back on the imaginary friend again. But at the same time, it just felt a little too naive to me. Yeah. Like, she's, like, talking. I mean, I can get that, like, not being sure if, like, people like you or not, but if not or if like and having that like sort of social anxiety but at the same time if they're like going out of their way to talk to you and include and include you and like are actually showing that they want to be friends then that puts should put up some green flags about it green flags the opposite of a red flag that it's a good that's a white flag i thought that meant surrender i'm so confused I, I was thinking, like, red, bad, green, good. No, I don't know. I'm very confused now. I don't know visual novel speak, so I'm just going by the colors I know. That's fine. Um, and I know stoplight colors. Yeah. Um, do you have any other... Uh, um, do you have any other notes that you want to talk about the first season before we get to the to re- refrain? Let me... Oh, for Mia, one of the notes I have is um, also finding one's also finding one's uh, true personality since uh, since Meadery also seemed to seemed like Meadery was sort of the person she wanted to be as well. So she sort of took in some of so like once she overcame her thing, she sort of took in some of the traits she had projected on Meadery onto herself so she couldn't so she also asked it was also about finding sort of a personality you can be happy with that feels natural and that is beneficial I guess Uh, also uh, I have the my final note for this season for season one is finale cryptic AF Yes. Well, we'll we'll explain. Yes. So yeah, season one kind of Be- ends on a really weird cliffhanger. I remember it was really confused because there was no... I could not... I would not have realized that it was like in some kind of dreamscape. Okay, so yeah. That they sort of like masked... That they, that they made because I'm thinking like this is just like some wholesome shit where these kids are helping each other overcome like trauma and like and, and insecurities and all that stuff and it's just gonna be like a good happy family th- like a good happy wholesome wholesome time and then and then refrain happens they just starts, then refrain happened and, and it's like okay what the fuck is this dimensional physics shit going <laughs> on here so okay so um Actually, let's just take a really short break and then uh, we will come back and talk about refrain. 
Okay. So, one moment, folks. This episode is brought to you by Bruce and the Boys. So, what's your favorite American football team? Did you say the Dallas Cowboys? If you didn't, you're wrong. And if you're still saying, well, Tim, no, they're not my favorite team, well, let me recommend that you listen to the Bruise and the Boys podcast with Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle of Blogging the Boys so that they can prove to you that your favorite team is indeed the Dallas Cowboys. Bruise and the Boys is your friendly neighborhood podcast that's a lot like going down to your friendly neighborhood bar and watching and talking about the game with your friends. Every week, Michael and Tom give an in-depth analysis about what the Cowboys have done, what they're doing, their player stats, player analysis, everything under the sun that you need to know about the Dallas Cowboys you can find from Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle every week on the Bruise and the Boys podcast on Blogging the Boys in the Vox Media Podcast Network. For more information and episodes, head on over to bruiseandtheboys.com. And now, back to the show. What are we talking about again? Refrain. Oh yeah, that's right. Why do I think Pokemon? What are you doing? Screwing with you! Okay, anyway, are we in an artificial world? Is it because of Kyo's gay? We've been in we've been in an isekai the entire time. Hey guys. Little busters. Hey guys, we're back. We we we've been isekai'd. <laughs> Little Busters is an isekai. Change my mind. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be Matt's new slogan going forward. <laughs> One Piece is an isekai. Change my mind. This 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 is gonna be like Matt's new like new like new like meme. How um the new catch my new catchphrase. I think um I think uh, Spaceman Hardy from Dub Talk has like a meme that's like such and such is a sports anime. And now, like, yours is, like, such and such as an isekai. Fuck you, fight me. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> Little Busters, Drifters. Um, ay, ay, ay. I can come up with more. Anyway, so um, back to what we were talking about. So the second half of Little Busters is called R- Refrain. Um, this is where shit gets fucking real. Shit gets whack. I mean, like, real. Like, holy fuck. Okay, so. Um, Strap in, bitches. Okay. It's about to get wild. So, welcome. Everything is fine. Um, I, I may or may not connect this to the good place at some point. Because that I just I just finished. Oh, the, huh? do it. The connection. I haven't even seen it yet. I know the connections are there. Okay, like, I, that show just ended, um, it's, like, fourth and final season, and I loved it, and I cried a lot, and I love that show so much, it's so good. Um, if you haven't seen it, most of it is on either Hulu or Netflix, go watch it, it's so good, and it's so funny. Um, so yeah, basically, um, so, like, in religion, heaven is, like, this transcendent place, where, where beings such as, like, gods, angels, spirits, etc., um, are said to, like, originate or be enthroned or whatever. And according to some religions, like, you know, 
humans can like ascend to heaven in the afterlife you know um and then of course there is hell being the bad place you know eternal damnation for the wicked however there's also limbo limbo in like well in catholic mythology it's for the unbaptized or like individuals who died before the coming of the lord so essentially it's kind of like a medium place <laughs> it's like it's like neither for punishment or praise but anyway, let's let's circle back to limbo for a second. So it's it's like an intermediate place. Um, so remember how we talked about the little busters and Kyosuke sending like weird cryptic messages and all this stuff. So Kyosuke has a secret. And now we're going to talk about angel beats. Speaking of limbo, <laughs> yeah. So basically, the, this is the angel beats portion of the show. Um, this is and surprise the, the show is our episode this time was about angel beats the whole time you got you got little bustered here you have been angel beats you have been June my aided you got juned um but anyway back to the actual um, content so Kyosuke has a secret and the secret is they are actually in limbo they are all in fact dead so what happened was there was a bus crash and it was like a really nasty, violent bus crash and only Reed and Riki survive. So meeting the little busters saved Riki essentially. So in a desperate attempt at a second chance, Kyosuke creates a sort of artificial world for him and his friends. So he can have one last chance to essentially like, raise them into proper adults and he hopes this will allow Riki and Rin to have the strength to cope with what happens to them when they return to the real world and so the first ending and it's it's the same in the visual novel is that Rin is actually the sole survivor um, and therefore she tries to like summon all of her strength to return to the limbo world and save everyone um, so refrain <laughs> Um, so this picks right back up after the really weird cliffhanger from season one. Um, and mm -hmm. Riki has pretty much already solved everyone's problems and time like re reverts back to the first semester. Um, after he fa he fails to save, to save Reed, um, re resetting everything in his and Rin's mind. So Riki wakes up from, 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 from a nightmare in involving the bus crash when he wakes up, Masato is eager to battle Kengo. Um, and they do their throw random crap yeah. and whatever they grab is their weapon battle. However, everything in this reality is slightly off. So, for example, Reen is literally afraid of everyone, especially men. And the only people that she can really talk to besides Riki are like cats and like kids. <laughs> and maybe her brother on yeah, occasion. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, With Reen, you sort of learn a lot that you can't force someone to change, especially if they're scared to or don't want to. Because uh, basically, adults like uh, pushed her around, slash, abused her as a kid mm -hmm. to the point of anxiety. And what I'm wondering is. Did she regress at some point prior to the start of the show, or was she just, as a result of that trauma, just emo emotionally immature or stunted? 
I think because that was the, I think the trauma that's what I was picking up. I think the trauma made her regress. That's what I thought because I was I was definitely like like picking that up about just her de- whole demeanor like from the be- like from the beginning like she seemed a little yes she could interact but at the same time there were just like things like that came off as slightly too childish yeah so yeah so reen is afraid of everyone kengo like doesn't talk to anybody and then also like masato becomes like really angry because, like, before, he he liked to fight, but mostly in just, like, a playful kind of way. And he was mostly and just, like... And now he like, wants to, like, fight club yeah, fight. Yeah, and he was just, like, obsessed about his muscles, and he was just basically a big lunkhead, and it was really funny and adorable, right? Um, but, yeah, in this reality, he's, like, really angry. Yeah, he wants to, like, fight club fight. like, And so he just starts, like, wailing on, like, random students... Um, in like yeah. in like a really like violent way, and it's really really freaky. So essentially, like Reen and Riki um, tried to like devise a plan uh, to get him to stop. Um, it's Ended. it's really strange. It's like they they um, oh man, it's so fucking weird. It's like. They, like, glue him to this, like, punching bag or something. They got really creative. I don't know. It's so fucking weird. Um, they Basically because Kiyosuke isn't around in this, in this reality, too. And that's really what, like, throws everything off. Um, basically, what happened was, according to my notes, he was violent, got his ass kicked hallucinated and then became friendly so whatever sort yeah. of shock drug therapy shock mushroom therapy he had applied to him clearly worked because then he became like the cool guy we know who yeah. wants to like just bromance with Riki all the time so essentially uh he starts going through this like existential crisis um and wonders if he really is himself. Um, and essentially they, so Riki and them basically try to like tie him to this like giant bronze statue or whatever. And um, I think, I think, fi- yeah, I, I, I think it's like finally he, he gets his act to like, he, he, he gets like, um, this like it's like mysterious figure or something. I don't fucking remember. I think it's like, it's like it's like a figure who ends up or he no he remembers the first time he fought Kiyosuke and then yeah 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 he d- he finally re- remembers that the first time he fought Kiyosuke and Kiyosuke kicked his ass and that's what made him decide that okay this this guy can be my friend and like. I see you as my equal. Yeah, and so, like... Now fight me again. And so, because of that, now he's, like, a happy-go-lucky dude. Sometimes people... You just gotta get your ass kicked to find out what truly matters. A butt a butt kicking is the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next true meaning of Christmas is Reed and Kengo. And she has decided that Kengo has stolen her cat Lennon. And, in fact, all of her cat Lennons... Or, like all of her cats um 
She has like this little freaking battalion of adorable kittens. And she adorable she, she basically she thinks like Kengo has stolen in them and wants to be king of the cats or something. Um, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anyway, Riki reveals like himself and like asks Kengo why he was pretending to be injured, and then Kengo finally tells him that if he stops the wish to rebuild the little busters. Um, they'll die and says like basically like stating that the end he is searching for would be total darkness um, and still Riki's like what the fuck are you talking about they're like dude I just want to put a baseball team together no need to get like cryptic existential on me with it it's baseball you throw the ball someone hits it they run around repeat um, Why you gotta be so weird, bro? Well, they they that they decide that they need to like defeat each other in baseball. In armed combat. <laughs> I don't know. Refrain. But, uh, refrain gets really fucking weird. Yeah, it does. I. It got we. I. Well, I remember the first time I watched it, I I just thought, okay, that finale in the first the first season finale was kind of weird. Let's see what season two has. It's like it's a, almost like it's a different show. Yeah. So basically, like in 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 refrain, um, Kiyosuke sees the 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 product of his unrefined hand in in Rin's trauma and cons- and is consumed with regret. Um. So he slips through the borders and finds total darkness. Um, he, he then returns to find Riki and Rin and Masato, um, and essentially, like, um, basically, like, after Riki, like, finds him again, um, like, basically, like, they have this whole, like, you know, like, you know, like, through the power of friendship and blah, 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 um, Basically, like, Reen and Riki are able to, like, summon their strength, go back to the artificial world, save everybody, and then live happily ever after. And then there's a, there's a route in the visual novel that where you can pair Riki and Reen together, and they'll be, bro- they'll be boyfriend-girlfriend. They, which they sort of tried, and which they sort of did in the anime, with, but made it feel totally forced like masato was just or one of them was like hey you like reen don't you yeah you should date her yeah it was okay. really strange like hey reen you like me right yeah want to date i guess so now what in the in it the, was just like, in the game it's like way better executed and there's like a bunch of like really adorable scenes yeah it was it was just like felt it was Putting it felt saying it was forced would be putting it lightly. Like there was nothing, no build up at all. It was just like, hey, date her, okay? Yeah. Want to date? The game, it makes, sure. It, we're dating. In the game it makes way more sense, especially if you choose her as best girl in in the game. And yeah, there's like so many adorable little like scenes in the game too, and I really wish they had executed those in the show a lot better. Because it would have been really cute yeah, to see those I, animated. Yeah, I did. That makes sense now that like it was a bigger thing in the game because in the, it felt basically like a side plot yeah. 
in the story. It's like, so, like so there's we're like dating a, now. Yeah, there's like a scene where know. like toward, towards the end when he wakes up for the for the final time, but everyone's okay. Um, um, like re instead of like instead of like Masato, like you know like you know like hanging over the side of the bunk or be, or being like hey let's go fight or whatever. Instead, it's he wakes up to see Reen sitting beside his bed. Um, and she just like leans over and kisses him and he's like, why did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I just wanted to see what it was like. And it's so cute. Like, Aww. it's so cute. And they have like the cutest conversation and it's just like, Aww. and I sort of really wish that was in the show. And I was really disappointed that it wasn't. It wasn't until like I, until like the end, everything was revealed in the finale of what, like of what's really happening. I was like, oh, okay. I, I sort of get why they got the one of them to, like, be a couple. Now it's so that they could have like a closer relationship as the only two, after being the only two survivors, yeah. so they could have like a little more intimacy between them, and and like move from there to be able to confide each in each other more deeply. Yeah, pretty much. But at the but at the time it made zero fuck it made zero fucking sense. It felt like it was written it felt like that pairing was written by like a middle schooler who had only ever seen one romantic movie in his entire life. And it was a rom com. <laughs> Speaking of um we'll 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 be getting into that in our next couple episodes finally cuz Oh yeah, perfect plug. Yeah, and I can finally get Matt to watch Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun. I thought we were gonna do Snafu. Well, it's gonna be well. Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is how well we uh, plan this out. We like we like plan this out like while like recording our other episodes. <laughs> uh, this is yeah. I can't honestly. I just can't believe we're finally getting to Little Busters because. This was okay for those of you who don't know. This was was going to be our second episode. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was. It wasn't. Okay, third. It was going to no, be like. No, it was going to be. Um, be... <laughs> no, this we were we. I had planned this. Um, I think last summer. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. And we started in like. The fall or so of 2018. Yeah. Still, it is. This episode has been a long time. Long the, ass yeah, the time point coming. is, we've been planning this for a very long time. I'm just glad to finally do it so I don't have to. So we can, like, actually move on to other shows. <laughs> like, there's other anime out there besides Little Busters. I, I mean, like, go figure. But the point is, this is a really good show, and nobody, it's adorable, nobody it's fucking cute. talks Watch about it. it, and it makes me so sad. I also just love how at the end, like they were like, "You two are the only survivors of this of this crash. You need you, we needed you to be strong so you could like survive on your own without us." And then once they come to, and like everyone's scattered around, and they like take stock of what's going on they're like we're the only survivors yeah no fuck that throw those throw those logs together make a stretcher we're getting everyone out of here chop chop yeah they just like turn into like first responders it's really funny and then masato is like i'm blocking the fuel just go like 
idiot, you're coming too. Get the fuck on our shoulders. They were just like, you really think we're just gonna leave you here? Yeah, and then like, and then like you're still. And like Kyosuke right. ends up being well, sadly that well actually no he still survives but like they like visit him later in the hospital but like every time though Kyosuke ends up being the one that's like the most fucked up from yeah, from from the accident but still he was he was he didn't have any lasting injuries at least like no. He had all his limbs and digits. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I mean, I mean, like, they, they go and visit him in the hospital, and he's, like, fine. But, like, yeah, but, like, both, both, I mean, he's, like, bandaged up and stuff, but, like, before he, you know, he was always, like, the most fucked up, and also the first one to die. Because he wanted to save everyone yeah. else. I just remember them trying to get way too deep, like, like, like in meaning at the end, like, like when they started destroying the scoreboard to show that like the game was was meaningless like i get that they're trying to be emotional but at the same time it's all pretty obvious what's happening it had no like real impact like the gentleman it's been an honor playing with you moment at, at the end of titanic like okay we all know it's gonna die thanks for a little bit of drama oh shut up that part was sad not when you could see what was gonna happen. It's still sad. It's like, what the fuck are we gonna do? We're gonna die. Might as well just play nearer my god to thee. And then they, it's the same thing with like kicking the shit out of the out of the scoreboard. It's like, it's a symbolic gesture and nothing more. So it's still nice. It, but unnecessary. No, it's not. Yes, it was. Ugh. Fine, you unsentimental dick. <laughs> the point is, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to you when you when you die. And That's true. You know, we don't know if you're going to end up in the good place or the bad place or the medium place. We we just we just don't know. And so it's just you have to make 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 the most out of like creating the best memories while you're still here. And maybe, like, when you're about to die, the last thing you want to feel is a negative emotion. Maybe some people want that. I don't know. But hey, if you want to die sad and miserable and alone and whatever. Hey, some people want to die feeling spite, okay? Watch any, watch like any nihilism video on YouTube. Those people want to die spiteful. I don't want to. Fuck <laughs> that. All right. Yeah, and then. I'm trying to remember how did it end exactly? Were they like driving uh, they, like yeah, were they like they, on a road they trip do or the something? Beach trip again, except this time nobody dies. That's right. Right. Though I remember like the way the way they shot it, it sort of felt like something they were gonna Thelma and Louise <laughs> it and just drive into the ocean and drive into the ocean, fade to black, roll credits, so they can so they can be friends forever. Swerve. Swerve, clang, roll, roll, crash. Okay, you are not allowed to write any, any of this ever again. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if I have some sort of cynical notes on just, this. Just, I, you are, you shall refrain. <laughs> okay. Just wait until I get to the cynicism about the about like our next plans. Playing oh, shows. That's, that's gonna be. I'm just gonna fun. make them all comedies, so you'll stop doing that. Darkness is everywhere, Luna. 
I can find it even in the brightest <laughs> Then I'm places. kicking you off the show. <laughs> just, just, fine. You want dark? You I'm want kicking you off the show. Dark. Oh, just wait till no longer human drops. Oh, God. Let's do some happy shit next time. Yeah, yeah. I'll make and you watch could... Aoi Bungaku, and then you'll be like, oh, my God. You'll, you'll be, like, in a corner in a fetal position, like, can you watch something cute now? That name doesn't even sound pleasant. I don't even know what it means, but it sounds, oh, doesn't it, sound it's, pleasant. Bungaku is just, like, um, it um, basically just means the 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 blue literature series but it's like a collection of shorts um so there's like several different it's one of those things where like each episode is directed by somebody else sort of like how 18f had a different art director yeah it has a different art director and even has a different like like um an- an- animator essentially oh, cool so episodes like one through four and seven and eight were directed by Takashi o- Obata. Wow. Um, who did all the artwork for Death Note? Death Note yeah. Um, Tite Tite Kubo. Bleach. Who is from Bleach? Yes. That Kubo. Yeah. Yeah. So he does Whoa. episodes five and six, eleven and twelve, and Takashi Konami does episodes nine and ten. Remind me who that is. Uh, Takashi Konami is known for Prince of Tennis. Okay. I have a volume of that somewhere. So my bookshelf. The first, oh, yeah, there it is. So episodes one through four is No Longer Human by Osamu Bezai. Oh, fun. Um, and then the next one is uh, Sakura no, no Mori no Mankai no Shita by Ango Sakaguchi. I don't really know how to like translate that one. It's basically just like a forest bandit finds a beautiful maiden and wants her to be his wife. It's like if Little Red Riding Hood was like reversed. By the way, we're anyway. not doing this. We're gonna do some like happier shows. We're just yeah, busting no, each other. We're just, just ball busting what, at this point. I'm just explaining what this is. It's like it's it was it was done by Madhouse. This is from like 2009. Um. And if you are if if you were at all familiar with Bunga Stray Dogs, um, some of these some of the references to these stories show up in that series as well. The use of a Gawa at all? Um, yeah, the um, the spider started in Hell's Great by Ryunosuke Octagawa. Um, those are his two mate. Like he is also like no, no, Etagawa, not Octagawa. No, there's no Rampo Etagawa. It's just Osamu Dazai, Anko Sakaguchi, Natsume Sos- Natsume Sosuke, and Rinosuke Octagawa. It's very like, it's really cool. Sadly, it is not licensed by anyone, so finding it is really tough. I don't think it's licensed by anyone in in the U.S. I I actually have the Japanese version of it um, on Blu-ray that is like. S- s- Miraculously actually came with English subtitles, so that's how I was able to watch it. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's about it. Do you have any other notes on I have a bunch of I have a bunch of notes about like what happened with Kuru Gaia. Like in the end like in her last scenes where she's just playing. We need we we're we're gonna circle back to that. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um she honestly had the least development and was my favorite character and I wanted to know more. She got like 
a little bit of rush development at, at like sort of near the end. And then it was just like, whenever I see that scene, I think of um, Rutger Hauer's final scene in Blade Runner, the like tears in the rain kind of thing where she just sort of fades into oblivion. One of my notes on it says it likes, it's like she knew she was going to get tan hazard, which was my own reference to that monologue. And I call it tears in the rain bullshit. I sort of connected it to like not wanting to forget good times and wishing they'd last forever. Cause she was saying about how happy she was from what I can tell her thing was sort of had to do with happiness from learning to feel and learning to feel by being around expressive people since she was sort of cold, but then like sort of warmed up to people warmed up to them like like wanting to mm-hmm. be like use them as like hug pillows and became she became affectionate and that kind of and that but was sort of like the cold distant type at first basically i just saw her as like a glitch in the fucking matrix at the end <laughs> uh and i nicknamed her yuriko i want to know what love is kuragaya i want you to show me anyway Yes. Um, yeah, you can make a whole like AMV out of that. A whole AMV out of like the same four minutes of footage. <laughs> there probably is one just on a loop. I would not be surprised. Like, we, like ten hours. I'm gonna check YouTube after that. After this. <laughs> Actually, I'm just gonna do that now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we finally did this episode. Um. I am very excited to get into the next couple episodes to the next couple shows. And we're going to talk about some romance anime. I eventually want to do Snow White with the Red Hair because it is like, to me, I think it's like the romance anime. There is a Little Buster's Riki X Kuragaya AMV. I just Googled, I just YouTube, looked this up on YouTube and the first one was Little Buster's Riki X Kuragaya. I like it. Huh. There's this, there's the clip where she just like, where she's lost to time, like tears in the rain. And yeah, that's about it. But yes, that does exist. (laughs) If, if, for those of y'all listening, Matt just sort of like threw his arms up, like, there you go. (laughs) Um, on that note, not a showman. On that note, it is very late at night and. I forgot you're a grandma and nine o'clock is late. <laughs> well, I have to take the dog out and do a bunch of other stuff. So, Got to get up for the early bird special, too. Actually, I do have a very early appointment tomorrow, which I'm not looking forward to. But anyway. On that note. Thank um, you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to us blather on. Um, we will come back next time um with a little bit of a fall season excuse me fall god damn it winter season rundown and it'll uh, work this time um yeah and hopefully praying like knocking on wood that our audio your audio like yeah hopefully like my audio actually behaves and records properly i have no idea what happened um, it was super weird. I've never had that happen before. Um, but yeah, hopefully it behaves itself and we don't have to like 
re-record it like 50 times but anyway so yeah as as soon as you were like saying that it was a problem i'm thinking god does not want us to do little busters does he apparently not <laughs> anywho um you can find me on twitter at lunatic that is capital l i think four zero like like four o's i thought it was three N-A-H- or four yeah well in see it's like in instagram is one like hang on you can find while well, she's looking for that you can find me on it's twitter three. it's three at matthew it's- h voss uh this was our little busters episode that we finally got around to doing take that god okay so yeah it is it is it is capital h excuse me capital l Three O's N A H T I C. And you can also follow the show at Dubterfuge. Um, and then please, 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 if you have the time, it'll take like two minutes, but if if you can, uh, please, you know, please find us on iTunes. Uh, give us a thumbs up and give us a review. It'll really, 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 really help us out. Like and um, comment when it's uploaded to YouTube. Yeah, like, like, and then you know, like, like our posts on Facebook and stuff, and that'll really help us out, and it'll, it'll help us out with the algorithm, and it'll actually help people, you know, like find the show easier. It'll just, it'll just do us a big solid. We'd appreciate, and it. we mucho appreciate it, and we love you guys, and that's all. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing else. I've got nothing else to. Alright, signing off. Peace. It's been fun. Thank you. Back to the artificial world. <laughs> Dubterfuge is a production of Shway Media. The show is hosted and was created by Stella Luna and Matt Voss. The show is produced and edited by Tim Phillippe. The show's theme song is by Stella Luna and arranged by Timmy Two Step. For more information, visit dubterfuge.com.